That waitress sized us up in two seconds. We're black and black people don't tip. So she wasn't gonna waste her time? Now somebody like that, nothing you could do to change their mind. So, well, how much did you leave? You expect me to pay for that kind of service? <laughs> what? What the fuck is you laughing at, man? <laughs> To all the girls, don't do it, don't do it. To all the girls I loved before, to all the girls that cheated on before, to all the girls I loved before, to all the girls that cheated on before, I tip my hat like Willie Nelson. You got pressure, take a sip of this Marlson. Here's what happened, it wasn't my intentions to fall into seduction while playing in temptation. Thought I had it figured out, but games don't last. The hourglass ran out, I got sprayed with the tear gas. Big man don't cry, hold my feelings inside. Stress brings me on, son. I gotta hold my pride when I see you with another guy. Jealous thoughts of homicide, call me selfish when I say Abraham hides many wives. You said this is the 90s, either gonna be me or her. I found myself in a blur, looking into the clouds, thinking out loud. I'm in love with two women. Who is it all the girls that cheated on before? It's a new year. I got a new change of gear. I swear. I can see clear now the clouds disappear. You forgive but never forget. So the past reappears. Uh huh. To all the girls that cheated on before. It's a new year. I got a new change of gear. I swear. I can see clear now the clouds disappear. You forgive but you still think that the second verse is gonna hurt based on a true life story. I got married at 24 in New Jersey. You know the feeling starting. But let me hold it down Cause they shut you down When you speak from your heart Now that's hard While they ranting and raving about gats Nigga they made them gats They got some shit that'll blow out our backs From where they stay at Ooh, I feel the battle's just begun. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Tales podcast with your host Rod and Karen. And we're back for another episode, the 42nd episode. Dad, we getting up there. We almost as old as your daddy now. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and don't forget you guys can leave comments on iTunes, on Facebook, or on Podomatic.com. Just search for the Blackout Tips. Um, and now if you just go to Podomatic.com and click on comedy We should be one of the top ranked comedy podcasts We've been in the top uh, 8 to 10 um, podcasts for the last few weeks So, Woohoo! Um, thank, thank you, you guys, thank you so much Yeah, thanks to everybody out there who's downloading it, listening, spreading the word Retweeting our tweets or who joined the Facebook page um, We just appreciate it and uh, especially the folks who left us reviews on iTunes um, we're actually getting pretty up there with reviews on iTunes. Um, I wanted to read a couple. Uh, the last one we had was from Bubba Chavez. It says, These two, Rod and Karen, are undercover haters. They just mask it with their humor. The podcast is extremely popular, as it should be. Big ups, keep on producing a tight podcast. Um, and I believe that's from the same guy who, uh, podcast we were featured on, The Player Hater. Cool. So, Mr. Player Hater. <clears throat> Or uh, Mr. Antagonist, uh, as he likes to go by. Also, uh, we got another review from Smash Rockwell, which I forgot to read. Uh, this is actually July 15th. And it said, the best part about this podcast is that it feels and sounds, or sounds and feels like a bunch of friends sitting around talking about random things. And they just happen to be mic'd up. I wouldn't change a thing. Oh, I hope that's June the 15th and not July the 15th. No, June 15th. Okay, I thought uh, you said July the 15th. I'm about to say, <laughs> ooh, 
we just had the fourth bonus month going by. Yeah, my bad if I said <laughs> that. Um, and don't forget the official weapon of the podcast is the taser. Yes, it is. And the unofficial sport of the podcast is still bullet ball. Yes, it is. And uh, the last episode we had I had my cousin Anthony Morrow yes. of the Golden State Warriors. Yes. Um, he uh, sat in with us, and uh, you know he's about to experience free agency. Uh, for I guess really for him, it really be the second time because he wasn't drafted his first time extent, you okay. know, into the league. But um, he's gonna be um, you know testing the waters. But I still refer to him as Golden State Warrior until different. Yeah. But uh, he was on the podcast, and it was our most downloaded podcast ever. It was wow! Thank you guys. We had a good time with Anthony. Too. Yeah, we had a ton of people who uh, really liked it, and. Um, you know, I kind of messed up the music at the very end, and that's my bad. It was a little too loud. Um, I'm gonna go back and edit that and re-upload that um, that data to the um, that 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 MP3 to the site. And at at that point, you guys should be able to get the quality version. But there's a couple of minutes there where the instrumental is a little too loud, and uh, I apologize for that. Um, so we got a couple comments about it, and it's funny because we got a lot of questions for Anthony. But there were a lot that he couldn't answer, and some were kind of just people, you know, looking for something that would get him in trouble. Yeah. Um, so I think I tend to uh, be protective of him because I don't want him to get in trouble. So some of the questions I think I was actually a little too, like, I was just cutting the questions off. You know, like, it would just be something like, hey, is Don Nelson an alcoholic? And I was just like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We well, can't ask him that. Yeah. Like, even, if, if, even if he is, that's his employer. Yeah, like, would I come to your job, would I come to ask you on the record about your job? Like, yeah. Hey, is your boss screwing your wife? I'd like to know. Yeah, is Tom from accounting really drunk? You know, I like that's personal business, and I—I I, I mean, I, I didn't ask him those questions privately or publicly, because um, we don't want to know. We can joke about it, but he's a separate entity. Yeah, exactly, man. So, um, uh, some people commented on it. Um, the, the, some dude wanted to know what kind of ratings the show was getting. Uh-huh. Um, it's not really like a radio show or TV no. show. So you can't really measure ratings. No, we ain't got no Nelson going on or nothing like that. Nelson, Nelson ratings. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, I'm making somebody up. He must be black. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson ratings is like the wino in the projects or something. I know. Um, so uh, a couple people were speculating about his uh, free agency, and I just basically said I don't know, and you know, I just hope he he's happy wherever he goes. Hope he gets a lot of money. Um, and uh, a couple people said. Uh, most one person said this is pretty entertaining. Most of the kids on here are too nerdy to actually take their ideas off the boards and onto a podcast. Nice shit. So thank you for that. Uh, kind, those kind words. Yes. Um, that was a Lakers fan. Uh, Showtime. And uh, let's see. We also had um, a couple people that commented about the um, about the about the instrumental being too loud which you know thanks guys and sorry about that alright and then we had uh, one person that obviously did not read anything but the title because the title of the episode was Forgiving Chris Brown yes you know and he put fuck Chris Brown and this retarded ass radio show in quotes such a low class quality (laughs) (laughs) so one I guarantee he didn't really listen to the show no and two uh like he probably just hates Chris Brown because on the internet now there really is these teams like Team Rihanna, Team Chris Brown, and 
it really went over his head when I joked about sarcastically. I forgive Chris Brown because he can dance good. Aww. Like how can like how can you not see the humor in that? Which is, uh, you know, people really were forgiving this dude because he did a Michael Jackson tribute. Yes. Like it doesn't erase that he beat somebody. It, it just is funny to me. Am I fan? What the hell is this softball? I mean, we got teams now. What's going yeah. on? Red team, blue team. Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> you know. But people really believe that stuff, man. Um, and uh, that. A couple people said, you know, they thought that I was talking over Anthony. And I might have sometimes because I was a little nervous. But he's also laid back, kind of yeah, quiet. Yeah, he's a real laid back person. So, it wasn't really like... It, like, one thing you don't want to have is too much dead air on your podcast. That's true. And you don't want to just, like, have moments where people aren't talking. So, it's yeah. like I I would rather feel those moments. Yeah. Than to just uh, try to uh, let it sit there and just be like okay is he gonna respond it's like hey you got something to say jump in you gotta be aggressive you know yes sir so it's just like a conversation um one person whose name is joe chink which is very offensive put (laughs) i know you're trying to promote your podcast and whatnot but please stop spamming s-o-h-h which is the name of this message board with this bullshit mention your shit once and keep it moving if people are interested they will follow and i just copied them and said no because for one, spamming to me would be it's some I guess obviously people don't know what spamming is. No, it's just they a don't. term that you use. Spamming yes, a yes. message board is like creating a new post, a new thread every time you want to promote something and saying over and over and over again, Hey, check this out. Hey, check this out. Hey, check this out to where it just clogs up the entire message board. What I do is quite simply I create one thread every show. Okay. Right? If I want to say anything about that topic, because each show is topical. Yeah. Someone might want to read about that show. They just search the message board. Bam. They go to that episode. Bam. And it's very neat. As opposed to making one thread about every episode where people will come in and be like, hey, remember when you said such and such? No, I don't. Yeah. That might have been 12 episodes ago. That's right. But here you can specifically search for that one to comment on those topics. Okay. Um, Secondly, that's two threads a fucking week. Yeah, if it was spamming, (laughs) it would be like every day and every hour, you know. And on top of that, spamming is like the infomercials. They constantly pushing it, constantly trying to get you to buy some. I mean, like pointless stuff. Yeah, so anytime someone messes with you on a message board, always remember, click on their name, look at their past, uh, at their past interactions with people. And nine times out of ten, you'll see that, you know, these, these are people who are just there to stir the pot. They're just trolling all the message boards and they're just looking to find some type of way to get under your skin and you just gotta ignore those people so you know i just basically told them no kept it moving didn't try to get into an in-depth discussion with them because because it's not worth it with people like that yeah and if it's kind of weird because he had to go out of his way to be upset about a, a thread on a message board which is obviously getting responses from all sorts of listeners yes it is and be like i don't want you to be promoting this shit. It's like, whatever, dude. What? And my thing is this. You don't own the damn site. So, what the hell are you complaining <laughs> yeah. for? You ain't yeah. paying nothing. You can't put nobody on and kick nobody off. Yeah, peti- petition to have me banned if, if it's really that, you know, that bad for you. But, um, you know, this, this is not a person that I would uh, take very seriously. Uh, someone made a thread called Gunman Kills Four Police Officers in Seattle, and his response to it was Bravo. So, that right there tells you what kind of mind you're dealing with right wow. there. Wow. Anyway, ladies, don't forget July is undress month. Ha! 
We went for sundress to undress. Yeah, so, you know, just send your pictures to uh, the blackguytips at gmail.com. Yeah. Send them to him. I don't want to see him. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> I don't want to see him at all. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, you can copy the links on our podcast page. And if you copy them and paste them into your Facebook status, it will automatically link people to a player for our that episode. Okay. So please, guys, do that. You know, if you're not going to donate, you're not going to contribute, spread the word, find a way to help us out because... Yeah. You know, getting a lot of downloads, getting some exposures, maybe that'll help us be able to get advertisers and things like that. So yeah. then we won't even have to bother you about donations. But um, you know, just just a little little word to the wise. So thanks, guys. And um, let's get into some news. Some news. Cause we don't have a guest this time, so I, nah, it's just us two niggas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint y'all. Yeah. Today. Um, all right. So I was reading the, the local news, and I saw this story where. A woman mm-hmm. sold her teenager for crack. A teenager? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, because crack, you know, it's the street value's going up, the economy's down. I mean, you got to do what you got to do to get it. What is the going price for a teenager? Where I been? Um, and I guess it's too late because you saw the picture, but the race of this woman is white. But if you didn't see the picture, imagine you didn't see the picture. I'm going to read this article. You guys tell me what you think. Rock Hill, South Carolina. Nikisha Lewis, 32, was in jail today, facing charges on assault and unlawful neglect after her teen told police Lewis attacked her and tried to sell her in, in for exchange or sell her in exchange for crack. The teen told police Lewis drove her from Chester to Lake Wiley to visit friends. The teen says they were allowed to drink alcohol, and after consuming two wine coolers, she went to sleep. Lightweight. The teen says she awoke to Lewis physically attacking her. Another person at the home then told the teen Lewis had attempted to sell her to a man in exchange for crack cocaine. Damn. So you're not even finding out firsthand. Somebody gotta come tell you. Hey, wake up. You're getting sold for crack. Um, the teen asked to be taken to the police. She showed the police bruises and scrapes. She said the older woman left on her face, head, knees, hands, elbow, legs, and arms. So, like, why would she, she beat up? like a punching bag. And, like, what kind of crack are you going to get for a beat-up team, you know? I know it's so. That's, like, I would not give you more than, you know, $10 worth of crack for that. After speaking with authorities, the team was taken to Piedmont Medical Center for treatment for her injuries. So, somebody almost got soaked crack. That's not good. No. And she got woke up just in the crack of time. Uh, she, was about, uh, <laughs> she was about to get sold. I know that's right. Damn, dog. How did that transaction go? I don't know. I ain't got enough for this crack. Uh, I suck your dick. Nah, nah. Not good enough. <laughs> Maybe the last three times. But, uh, <laughs> no more crack on credit for you. I'm only accepting teens for this dividends. I know. Poor thing. She must have been selling to a Catholic priest. Um, it'd have been a little boy then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody, uh, we got a couple of requests from uh, our listeners to talk about certain subjects. Okay. Um, somebody, all right, so I was telling somebody how I don't like, uh, I did not like Last House on the Left. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think that Let the Right One In was scary. Okay. Uh, these are two movies that everybody's telling me, oh, these are so scary, these are so scary, don't watch them in the dark, blah, blah, blah. I watched them both. I was not scared at all. So they asked me, um, it was... Ramo two six five five is his Twitter name, mm-hmm. and he was like, he said, um, 
Can you talk about on your next podcast what exactly makes a scary movie for you now that you're now versus when you were younger? Um, do you? Oh, I, well, I know for me when I when I was younger, I used to love like Freddie and Jason and all that stuff. But I think for me, I watched one of them one time. I had a real bad nightmare and couldn't go to sleep. And ever since then, Roger Glass and me, if I look and it look like it's going to be kind of scary, I'm out. I tap out. You ain't got to worry about me. It's kind of funny, too, because Karen's a grown-ass adult. <laughs> and she's not going to have any dreams or nightmares or any of this shit. But it's like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm scared because I saw a preview of something scary. Like, no. most scary movies are so formulaic. Like, I don't like scary movies that use cheap scares where it's just like... You know, something's walking up behind somebody and the camera's getting close to their back. And then a hand lands on their back and they turn around like, ah! And it's just their friend. They're like, Trevor, are you going to come down to the pool? (laughs) Nah, I've I've gotten better over the time. What was one when we went to go see? We had to leave. That movie was disgusting. Um, Um, Event Horizon. Yes. That was also a terrible movie, so I didn't mind leaving. But um, (laughs) I just don't like cheap scares, honestly. Um, I also don't like scary movies that have the scary movie, the scary movie action scenes that end up being stuff like, uh, um, oops, that end up being stuff like, hey, uh, I'm gonna throw a towel at you, and it's gonna make you drop a knife, and it's gonna scatter over the floor, then we're gonna wrestle for a long time, I'm gonna ping you, I'm gonna be oh, choking you to one death. one of those type things, and, and I don't like the, the, like, the, like, I've never seen Saul. Yeah. And some of the stuff I, Because my thing is that I don't want to see Scary where it's almost disgusting Like they go to the edge To do the grossest thing ever. Yeah I'm not into gore I'm not into that either You know I'm like that That masseuse in Seattle I'm not into gore at all But know. I do sci-fi Yeah but see that's the thing Sometimes you'll watch a sci-fi movie That's way scarier than a horror movie But it's just the label of horror Makes you think I can't watch this. I guess that's true. I'm sorry. It's not, but it's not like that. We've watched movies, you know, Predator and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. technically are way scarier than any Chainsaw Massacre type movie. Oh. But it's just the fact that, you know, it, like Last House on the Left was one of the least scariest movies I've ever seen. I, wow. It was not scary to me at all. Uh, and part of, uh, anyway, the question was what what makes something scary now versus um, back in the day? I think scary for me now has to be like situations I could imagine myself being in. Yeah. Or things that are so spiraling out of control, but there's like a logic to what's happening. Like, I don't find things scary when there's no logic to it. I Like, anything where it's just silly, you know, like, what if black magic existed? I'm like, okay, I'm out. You know? that's <laughs> what, How the fuck is that scary to me? You wanna like, I think, um, uh, Lakeview Terrace, a movie about Samuel L. Jackson, uh-huh. um, be harassing his next door neighbors when he was a cop. That's way more scary to me because that could happen. Yes, that could. You know, it's like he the blue shield was protecting him. Like that's kind of more scary to me. But I don't know, man. I'm sorry, dude. That that this stuff that y'all call scary is very very boring to me for the most part. And scary. That's the thing. Scary movies are so formulaic. They're mostly boring. Okay. I'm more bored by them than I am ever scared. It's always like, oh my god, really? You know, it's, you know, there's the, the girl running and she falls down. And, you know, there's all the typical just cliches in scary movies. And I, I don't get it. It doesn't do anything for me. And some of them are funny and some of them don't even make sense. Bitch, you're in the woods. Why you got heels on? Like, there's some, some stuff I just don't understand. Maybe it's just me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I can't be scared by that stuff. But um, anyway... 
Um, Isaac Weeks wrote in uh, with a question on the Facebook page. Okay. Since I was just thinking about this and posted it as my status, has anyone else picked up on the fact that a lot of people seem to be ready to let Chris Brown, Chris Brown off the hook for beating the crap out of Rihanna, but are not cutting Kanye any slack for interrupting Taylor Swift at an award show? What do you think about that? Ha <laughs> uh, I think, and maybe it's just me, and I think people, and just women in general, are more apt to forgive a man for doing the wrong. If he come, he sings to him. It's just something about singing. It just makes a woman heart melt, and she'll be back in his arms. But I'm telling you right now, you interrupt a pretty white woman, that's it for your career. <laughs> yeah, singing is like uh, pussy for dudes, you know? Like, <laughs> like, it's a bunch of dudes right now that's dating a crazy woman. Maybe y'all in the car riding together listening to this right now. Maybe I'm fucking up your game. I don't know. But there's there's like a there's like a bunch of people that forgive for things that aren't really associated with the initial offense. That's right. It's like if the offense is beating you, being able to dance good shouldn't really make anyone forgive you. But it logically it, makes no sense. Yeah, but it works though, like you said. All the time. Um and the reason I think people don't want to get forgive Kanye I don't forgave him. Um, yeah, I've never that's the I, thing. Was, I was never mad. It was quite funny to me. I laughed at it and kept it pushing. Yeah, I never really was upset one way or the other with Chris yeah. Brown or Kanye, to be honest. I just don't care. They're not really anything that really needs to change my life. Like, they're mm-hmm. both just celebrities. Uh, I do like Kanye's music, but uh, other than his music, I could care less about his life. Make a new album, nigga. That's it. Get to dancing. Yeah, get to popping. Yeah, so um, basically, man, I made a joke about it because I saw so many people that seemed to be so sentimental about Chris Brown's performance when he was doing the Michael Jackson tribute. And my whole thing was like, isn't that funny? Uh, this dude dances and everyone's ready to just forget about right. him beating the shit out of Rihanna. It's just something about being able to perform or being able to sing or... Or being able to do something extraordinary that no one people can't do that make people just want to forgive you. Yeah, I never really hold it against people or forgive them. I just don't care. It's, you know, Kobe Bryant was accused of rape. If, you know, unless it's a joke, I really don't have much to say about it. It's, you know, shit happens, man. Uh, you know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is accused of rape. Um, Mike Tyson was accused of beating his wife. I, I really don't care about this shit because I, I see a lot of these people as celebrities that provide a certain type of entertainment and then that's where it ends for me yeah they people just like us yeah if you're not entertaining me i'm not gonna sit up here and tell you you know yay or nay you gotta do something like whatever dude that's you know you can dance good okay some some sap is gonna forgive you and that's on them you know that's true but i feel like it's funny to me that they even had emotions about it in the first place that's true to me um i remember i was playing basketball uh last week and this dude gus um, he fouled me, right? Mm-hmm. And I called foul. And then uh, he he swore up and down. I didn't even touch you. I didn't foul you. I didn't foul you. I'm like, whatever. Ball out, man. So then, like a couple plays later, he was arguing about something else. And he goes, um, "Man, I fouled you, but it was just a little bit." And I said, "Well, first you said you didn't foul me at all, right?" Yeah. And so uh, the game went on. We won the game, and it was over. And I told him basically because he had been yapping the whole day, the whole day, and I was like, you know what, man. I don't even care anymore. Yeah, because it's not that important. I was like, you know, it's just funny to me that you actually do care. You know, it's over. It was, you know, you fouled me. You said it. I called the foul. You think it was weak. I don't. The end. That's right. You know, next game. And he goes, uh, 
what the fuck you want to do then, Rod? And I was like, what? Nothing. I said, I don't care. And then I said, also, like, he didn't get in my face or anything. He was backing up, talking about, what you want to do? Which is basketball posture for, I don't really want to fight. Yeah, and then I just again. I just started laughing at him, and I said, hey, man, um, it's funny to me how mad you are, knowing how much I don't care. Like, why wouldn't you just let it go? I, it's funny to me that you're mad. And he left, and he didn't speak to me. Like, he pulled a Vic. And uh, he walked out the door, and I said, whatever, dog. You know, it don't bother me at all. That's right. Keep it moving. So, anyway, th- the same thing with this Chris Brown shit. I think it's funny that people had emotions one way or the other about the yeah, dude. I do, too. Actually, when we played ball the other day, what I was doing was, every time I hit a shot, I would come back to half court and start acting like I was crying and imitating Chris <laughs> Brown. Did you do a moonwalk, too? Yeah, I did, actually. I was doing <laughs> ball at the court, and I moonwalked. That's what you do. Alright, Ruben W. wrote us and he said, Is it just me or does Drew Gooden get passed around like a piece of prison ass? Eight teens and eight years? Um, ah. I don't, no further comment. I don't really need to comment on that one. Luckily, he wrote us another email that I actually do have something to say about. Um, <laughs> hey, Rod and Karen, I listened to your most recent podcast. Towards the end, you played some audio from Alexis K. Taylor. This is one ignorant bitch. Just wanted to to know. <laughs> just wanted to know if you and Karen looked at any of her YouTube videos. Even though she's ignorant, she said some funny shit. Thanks again for helping me pass my time at my boring job, boring ass job. Um, I haven't really watched many more of her videos. I went out and looked at a couple. I don't know, man. I, everybody has a YouTube channel now, and I know we need to get on it then. I guess so, man. But I mean, you look at the quality of shit that's out there. It's like Terrible. I don't have nothing to do with y'all. We then, we then, yeah, we just stick to the podcast, dude. Well, we'll, we'll eventually get there. But I, I mean, it's just funny watching her um, talk, and it's like she has a vagina power hour or something. And <laughs> vagina power hour, where, where I been? Uh, I don't know. Go out there and watch it. I ain't nobody stopping you. Wow. Um, but, uh, uh, that's the woman that everybody, that the dude said you sounded like. Yeah. Um. Oh, that was a hilarious video, though. The person asked to be a busted baby. (laughs) Ain't gonna be no damn busted baby. Uh, but yeah, so, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't really, I went out and looked at a few videos. I didn't find her that funny, and I just kind of skipped over it, uh, and it was taking a while to load on a couple of videos, and that's really the true test of what you if you want to hear a person or if you're entertained by something, if you want to wait on that shit to load, it ain't funny. Mm-mm. So <laughs> I, I skip that shit. Um, my boy Pat or GQ, who was on the podcast a while back, he uh left a question. He said, "At what age is it no longer cool to have a song on the background of your voicemail? What age you think it is? About fifteen, about seventeen, you know what?" Once you get in the grown man stage, don't nobody want to hear no music. Here's here's the truth, y'all. It's not cool once you have a resume. That, yeah. It doesn't matter what age it is. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Once you have an official resume. (laughs) And you've had more than one or two jobs. Yeah, the background song has to change. It has to come off of there. You got to get an official government name email. Yes. And a government name voicemail. You can't be having voicemail like, yo, what it is. You know what it do. Come holla at me, shorty, shorty. (laughs) You know who this is. Leave leave (laughs) a message at the beep. Unless you my busted baby. (laughs) But, uh, nah, you got to just leave You got to leave that last. Uh, that last hurrah yeah, yeah after you yeah, write that as soon as you hit save on that resume that shit's gotta turn it high 
You reach Roderick. I know it's so. <laughs> <laughs> Your tone got to change. You got to talk yeah. proper. Yeah. Hi, guy. That's right. You can't be working for Bank of America, Wachovia. You know, it's sexy mama playing in the background. A humpback, yeah. humpback, hoochie mama. That ain't cutting it. And that goes double for black males because they already think we're kind of intimidating. So we can't have them uh, calling our <laughs> voicemails. That's a, you know, they, they already calling your, uh, calling your number back. And your resume had like Lamont Jackson at the top. You don't need to fuck this up by having that. At <laughs> all. <laughs> at all. Um, and, uh, Brandon Finney wrote, uh, right, said, When do you stop throwing your video game controller because you couldn't beat some part of the game? Um, I have never thrown a video game controller. That and costs too much, dog. I'm, I'm sorry. Now I've gotten frustrated and I've got angry. I had to breathe, put the controller down. Walk away, come back now. But I got fifty dollars worth of controller in my hand. I'll be damned if I'm gonna tear it up. Yeah, that's a class thing. Um, the only kids I used to know that would treat that shit, they treat that stuff like shit, were kids that had too much stuff. Like when I was growing up, we never got all five parts of the Voltron <laughs> or those Transformers that that, that uh, combine. You know those Transformers that combine into like one big Transformer? Uh-huh. I never had all of their parts. Like it would always be like my brother would get an arm, I get a leg, and then we get like the chest. And then my dad would be like, "All right, now go out and make some friends." They got the other parts, and it was good social networking because it, it you know it helped you make new friends and say, "Hey man, why don't you tell your mama to buy the left arm?" You know? Yeah, we could be cool. And on top of that, my mom was like, "Look, you break that shit, you won't be, you won't play nothing." Yeah, I wish my mom would walk in and see me throwing a controller. She would, they would probably be like, whatever happens to that controller is going to happen to you. <laughs> I see my mom was saying that too. So, you know, I, I can't even imagine a world where a kid throws a controller and doesn't get killed, you know? Yeah, I, I, and on top of that, I think the, the technical rules for that is one time and maybe after the age five. You know, after five, yeah, we're going to have to have a little talk. Yeah, after I got to college and I first saw people treating their their personal property like crap that was actually when i was like oh my god there's a whole different class of person out there (laughs) that thinks you can just throw your shit and just go buy another one you know how's that not a problem so i don't know man i don't throw controllers i've never pissed on the video game i've never no kicked the console video game Mm -hmm. I've, i've read message boards with people talking about what they do when they can't beat something and wow yeah they they get pretty bad so yeah i've never done any of that stuff guys no push kind of shove i take a few months off and come back to it uh mr bill wrote a question in to karen and says for the podcast are you guys going to become ufc converts they aren't a, a, all as good as ufc 116 but the good ones are great um, I've only seen two pay per views. And that was the one. The one Saturday was my first one. Yeah, I saw one hundred, which was also a Brock Lesnar pay per view, and then I saw this one, one sixteen, which was also Brock Lesnar. Um, and, and I mean, I'm I'm in. You know, I don't think I'm gonna be watching as much as you guys. I will not be watching FX uh, every Friday night or whatever. I'm just I'm not gonna get into it. That same way, but I'm down with the pay per view because I can make it an event. I can order the fight. I can have my friends over. Yeah, we ordered pizza. Yeah, yeah, we had a great time with them. We had a great time. We made a whole big deal out of it. Um, and you know, just kind of running through the undercards. Um, Ooh, that was a uh, lot of vows. Yeah, Szynski versus uh, Bonar. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of that was a little boring for me. You know. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I didn't really watch too much of that one. 
Chris Little versus Matt Brown. That was also a little boring to me. But then... Yeah, this is when the good fight started. They, uh, uh, they also had an undercard that... I don't know what the name of it was. But it was two brothers fighting. Yeah. And the way they... The ones that had played earlier, they was kind of re- replaying it. Yeah, I guess they have like nine fights, but... They only show certain ones, and if one of them ends too early in a knockout or something, then they go ahead and pick up another one. Oh, okay. And so they showed the two brothers fighting, and one of them picked the other one up because uh, he was kind of like tensed up on his body and trying to like hold, like trying to choke him, I guess, with his legs or something. Mm-hmm. So he picks him up with the top part of his body. Puts his arm on his neck and slams him down and instantly knocked the dude out. That was oh. crazy. That was crazy. And then um, we also watched. Um, Liddell, uh, it was I think it was Liddell versus uh, Akiyama, um, and that was off the hook because um, Le, Le, or Labelle, I think was his name. He he, <laughs> Chucky said that he goes into zombie mode, and he was. Oh my goodness! He would just start. That's to do with the red hair, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! The Crippler is his nickname. His nickname is the Crippler, and he basically would just start walking in the punches and just like. Punching back as he was getting punched. Yes, and it was just crazy I mean, watching him do that. Was bleeding. I mean, it was just like you ain't even phasing me. It's yeah. almost like his adrenaline. It looked like it was just so high he couldn't even feel your punches. Yeah, he had like a blank stare on his face, and he's just swinging on fools. So I thought that was dope. And then Brock Lesnar versus Shane Carwin was the main event. That was a good fight. Yeah. Tell you one thing, Brock Lesnar took an ass whooping that first round. Oh yes. my goodness. That was an ass whooping for the ages. Yes, it was. <laughs> he beat the hell out of him. Yeah, and it was kind of funny too because Brock Lesnar is, you know, pretty, you know, he's really real good. You know what I'm saying? But... His thing is, you know, he's never really faced somebody that beat him, beat him down. Wow. And this dude, while Brock Lesnar was healing from his previous injuries, had been just destroying the, uh, destroying the heavyweight ranks. He was undefeated. His average fight time was a minute and eight seconds. I know. Seriously, that is enough time for me to have sex twice. That is crazy. <laughs> nah, nah, that's, but nah, that was funny because he really, was beating the shit out of people, and he started yes. doing it to uh, Brock Lesnar, and it looked like it was all over. Yeah, he hung in there, boy. Yeah, he weathered the storm, you yeah, know, got a little did. bloody, but uh, he came back and uh, won the fight. So, I mean, you really can't, um, I don't know, you really got to feel happy for that dude. But um, the main thing I was doing all, all night was just pulling for everybody that was from the U.S., <laughs> that was hilarious. So every time somebody won a fight, and, and all the USA people won, I was just, USA! All night. And uh, <laughs> I was confused in the last match because both of them were for the USA. And I know. I didn't know what who to pull Me for. But that, I, that was my first one, and it was actually good. And, and, I, and I didn't know it was UFC. I thought it was boxing. I was like, hey, they ain't got no gloves. Why is they rolling on the floor? I was confused. And somebody explained to me it was UFC. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, it was fun, man. I, and you stayed up for the whole thing. You normally fall asleep on boxing. Hey, I took a nap. And I think it's... Well, no. It's, you've taken a nap and fallen asleep on boxing before. That's true. I think they didn't even start more, fighting until 12, 31 o'clock. I think it's more entertaining. It is more entertaining. And that's why it's better than boxing uh, as far as watching. The way the rules are set up, the way that you get... The rounds are shorter, too, aren't they? No, they're longer, actually. There's five-minute rounds, but there's less of them. You get three rounds. Okay, boxing like 12, ain't it? Yeah, and, okay. and it's not this complex scoring thing where it's like, if you knock a guy down, that's a point. If, uh, you know, if you win a round, you only win by one point. And it's, you know, it's just straight up, if I'm down, 
and I'm losing this last round, you know, I just want to go in and win. If I'm down 2-0, yeah, I got to okay. find a way to pull this out. That's right. If, you know, very simple math, you know if you've been getting your ass whooped for two rounds. Yeah. Um, same thing where it's like, even if it's tied, well, now it's this third round. Everything's on the line. That's true. As opposed to boxing where it's like, you could get down into like the ninth or tenth round and both guys are still trying to calculate their punches, when they thought they won. Mm. I've watched boxers basically play it safe for 12 rounds thinking, I got this in hand. Turns out they lose, lost the fight. And they feel really re- dejected because they're like, oh, I could have fought harder. And that's the difference. Like, UFC, you never leave thinking that dude could have fought harder. No, harder you don't. And on top of that, they make it where you got to tap out, which I think is really neat because they're like, hey, hey, I can't breathe. I'm out. Well, you can also get knocked the fuck out. Yeah, we seen yeah. some of them. Yeah, we seen yeah, some people. Yeah, it's not all. It's not all tap out. But yeah, it's yeah, it's not not because they was like showing some recaps of like some of them other dudes they fight. Oh my god, some of them dudes were falling like bricks. I was like, yeah. oh. So yeah, um, so yeah, we really enjoyed the UFC. We man. did. And speaking of wrestling, uh huh. Um, you know who else likes a good a good wrestling match? Who else? Al Gore. Oh, he does? Mm-hmm. Al Gore, uh, apparently, since we were last doing our podcast, my man Al Gore said uh, he got sued. Uh-huh. Or he had some charges brought up from a woman who said he sexually harassed her. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Portland massage therapist gave local police a detailed statement last year alleging that former Vice President Al Gore groped her, kissed her, and made unwanted sexual advances during a late night massage session in October 2006 in a suite in the upscale Hotel Lucia. This is bad. This has got to be bad advertising for Hotel Lucia. I know. If you're a dude that wants that um, hand shanty... Or, you know, you that happy ending. Mm-mm. You better not go here. You might get sued. I know that ShamWild wax job. You ain't getting it there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the woman told investigators that she informed two friends and kept the clothes that she wore that night, including her black pants with stains on them. That's always weird to me. Like, when they say they had stains, like, did he jack... Like, was he coming when just grabbing her? Or? I don't know. Was his penis dripping? Like, what the it, fuck? Why you hold on to him? Why don't you get that evidence to the police? But Portland police didn't contact any of the woman's friends, obtain the potential evidence, or interview anyone at the hotel. So police just were like, fuck this. The case was not <laughs> the case was not investigated any further because detectives concluded there was no there was insufficient evidence to support the allegations. The Portland Police Bureau, Police Bureau said in a prepared statement Wednesday responding to inquiries from all over the world um, after the National Enquirer broke the story on its website. So this is another story broken by the National Enquirer, and you really can't just throw these stories away anymore no, after you, the John Edwards thing. I claim you can't. In her detailed January 8, 2009 statement to a Portland sexual assault investigator, the woman said she was called to the hotel around 10.30 p.m. October 24, 2006 to provide a massage for Gore, who was registered under the name Mr. Stone. Because he was rock hard. Mm. Once it stopped inside his ninth floor suite, uh, maybe it was on the 69th floor, she said she pushed her hand to his groin. He pushed her hand to his groin, fondled her buttocks and breasts, kissed her, tongue kissed her, and threw her down on the bed as she tried to thwart his advances. Wow. So, he went all in. I guess if you're going in, that's the way to do it. Just go all in, brother. Yeah. You never know. She said Gore had finished a beer and opened a bottle of Grand Marnier. I don't know anything about wine. Uh, while she was in the room. 
Uh, while the police bureau considered it a closed case, she said it, it said it would reopen it if new evidence was received. Police spokeswoman Detective Mary Wheat said uh, police didn't go to the hotel or talk to the woman's friends because it could, wouldn't help prove or disprove the woman's allegations. We're not disputing Al Gore was in the hotel room with the woman. The two people in that room were Mr. Gore and this woman. If a bellhop came in and saw something, that would be different. So basically, he said, she said is what they're saying. Yep. Uh, the county district attorney office was aware the woman's attorney filed a complaint with police about two months after the encounter, but the woman didn't show up for three scheduled interviews with police investigators. At the time, police were told the woman didn't want to proceed with the criminal case and would pursue a civil case instead. So, you know, people will say this is police negligence, but this woman obviously she after money was well maybe I, I mean she, well civil suit does mean money yes. yeah I mean I'm not trying but to also. Money. That might be what she can prove. Oh, okay, okay. Because I'm like, hey, they call you three times. You're like, nah, we ain't going to push you. But I'm going to go after this money. Yeah, what happens sometimes, and I mean, I hate to see a rape victim, sexual assault victim, painted into this corner. But yeah, sometimes people will civilly sue you because of strictly going after money. In this case, I don't think that's what happened, though, because she oh, went to the police. Okay. The police told her, we can't really confirm this and investigate it. So her way of saying, okay, since I can't criminally go after you, I'm going to be civil. Okay, and that makes sense in that case. Because at first I was like, well, you know, they they come out, you ain't show up. I don't understand. Yeah, this doesn't sound that unbelievable. And maybe that's why they got a divorce recently. Say that again. Uh, The county district attorney office was aware of the woman's attorney. Oh, wait, I already said that. Uh, The district attorney, Michael Schrunk, said, uh, Skrunk, what kind of name is that? Said Wednesday that his office was not informed that Portland police had taken another statement from the therapist in 2009 and only received those reports once the National Enquirer story broke. Wow. So maybe they were covering something up. If the complaint in the police bureau uh, wished to uh, possibly wish to pursue the possibility of criminal prosecution additional investigation by the bureau will be necessary and will be discussed with the portland police bureau gore family spokeswoman kaylee creeder said the former vice president has no comment um and then june 1st they announced they were separating so you got that um the massage therapist is who's 54 years old um, and they said she lives in Portland. Refused to talk to the reporter from the Oregonian, which is the name of this paper. When approached Wednesday afternoon, and then for some reason they talk about how like they sound like they stalked her. She emerged from her home at 4:30 p.m. wearing a floppy hat and sunglasses. Might as well show us a picture then. That actually, you know, like why do people do that? That's the worst disguise when you don't want to be recognized. Like, if anything, that would make me look at you harder. If you walk out the house with a big-ass floppy hat and sunglasses, I'm like, who is that person and why are they hiding? You know, like, maybe they are famous. Um, According to the lengthy transcript of the woman's 2009 statement to police detectives, uh, the therapist said she arrived in the suite about 11 p.m. Earlier that evening, Gore addressed a near-capacity crowd at the Rose Garden Theater of the Clouds, telling the audience that the man-made global climate change is the most important moral challenge of our time. Mm, okay. Um, it was irrelevant. <laughs> she said he changed it to a bathrobe, spoke of his grueling travel schedule and, and the need to relax, and told her to call him Al. So that sounds like a man asking for a hand job, in my opinion. That's how I would do it. He just happened to ran across one that didn't want to do it the green way. Yeah. Work. <laughs> <laughs> you need to recycle this sperm, baby. Yes. Drink it. 
I'm all about that green girl. While Kevin going abdominal massage, she said he demanded she go lower and soon grabbed her hand, right hand and shoved it under the sheet. So, <laughs> so she must not have been getting to the penis region fast enough. Lower. 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 <laughs> Why is your voice getting tired? <laughs> penis lower. Um, I felt like I was dancing on the edge of a razor. Or the edge of a penis. I was like, was he cutting it? He need to cut his hair? What's going on now? Maybe he was shaved. Um, you shaved. <laughs> you know, according to the crossing them, the white dudes like to go bald down there. So. Yeah, like to wax it. Um, she tried to use acupressure technique to relax Gore and thought that that may have nearly put him to sleep. She went to the bathroom to wash out, came out to pack up. That's when she said Gore wrapped her in an inescapable embrace, followed her back, buttocks, and breasts, and she was trying to break down her massage table. Um, he was like a crazed sex poodle. Uh, she tried to t- distract him, pointing out a box of moonstruck chocolates on a nearby table. Really? Is that how you get out of rape? What about those chocolates? Mmm, uh, chocolate. You know, suddenly I don't want to rape you. No. Maybe after a few of these. He went for chocolates and then offered her some, cornering her, fondling her, shoving his tongue down her mouth, French kissed her as she as he pressed her against her. That sounds like a good trashy Ooh. novel. As he pressed against her. Ah, oh, let's go to the next chapter. She said he tried to pull her camisole strap down. Yes. As he lightly caressed her nipples. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she said she told him to stop it. I was distressed, shocked, and terrified. I thought to myself... She was she was intimidated by his physical size, calling him rotund, describing his violent temper, dictate dictatorial, commanding attitude. This is a smart ass masseuse. She got a master's in massage therapy. Ah! Well, she these, these big words. What's wrong with you, woman? Well, she turned as contrasting with his Mister Smiley global warming concern persona. Oh, she's a Republican. Surprised she didn't say his liberal agenda. Later, she said he tried to lure her into the bedroom to hear Pop Star Pink's Dear Mr. President on his iPod dock. Ha! What the, what a 15-year-old move. Hey, I got this song on my iPod. Why don't you step into my room? You, wanna, you ever heard this song? And suck the penis at the same time? She said, Gore sat on the end of the bed and motioned to her to join him. Suddenly, she said, he flipped me on, on my back, threw his whole body face down over on top, on top of me, pinning me down. She said she loudly protested, get off me, you big lummox. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she what the hell is a lummox? I just don't imagine as rape is happening, someone would reach for that kind of vocabulary word, you know? Uh, yeah, lummox is not what comes to my mind. I'm thinking more along of the lines of, get the fuck off me. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. Yes. If lummox is bastard, okay. <laughs> the therapist said she injured her left knee and sought medical care for several months. Um, okay, all right. Uh, Difficult fear being made into a public spectacle and my work reputation being destroyed. Um, well, wasn't it kind of destroyed when you decided to not jack him off? I mean, come on. That's why those kind of guys go to massage therapists at hotels. Um, but anyway, man, so he got caught trying to get a hand shanty and, you know, he fucked up basically. Big time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people that fucked up, okay. Georgia Athletic, um, the athletic director, uh-huh. he quit and he offered an apology uh, okay. for quitting. But um, yeah, Damon Evans offered another apology on this day of his resignation at Georgia Athletic Director 
Uh, as Georgia's athletic director was announced by the school's president, the announcement by Michael Adams came after a conference call with the executive committee of the Athletic Association Board of Directors. Adams and Evans said Evans resigned Sunday, less than a week after Evans was arrested on the DUI charge. Evans released a statement on Monday in which he offered my sincerest apology to Adams, Georgia officials, coaches, fans, and athletic athletes. Uh, Evans was 34 when he was named athletic director in 2004. The former University of Georgia football star was born in Omaha but spent most of, much of his youth in Gainesville, Georgia, where he graduated from Gainesville High School. It had been my hope since taking the job in 2004 that I would have a long career at UGA, but because of a serious mistake in judgment, that won't be the case, and I understand that I have a long road to rebuilding my reputation and career. Uh, Adams read a statement that he will no, have no other com comment until Tuesday. Evans was arrested June 30th in Atlanta. He was charged with DUI failure to maintain a lane. Also arrested with him was Courtney Furman, who was charged with disorderly conduct. Uh, Evans said Thursday that Furman was just a friend. According to an incident report, the arresting officer said Furman told him she had been seeing Evans for only a week or so. Evans and his wife, Bing, wife, wow. have two children. Bing, bing. I know it's so. <laughs> he apologized to his wife on Thursday as she attended the press conference. Why the fuck do people bring their wife to the press conference when they get caught cheating? Nigga, I'm not standing beside you. You're going to yeah. be all by yourself. Tiger's wife had it right. I wouldn't show yeah. her. And Put no it for them to scrutinize me too? No. Ever became the Southeastern Conference's first black athletic director in 2004. So, yeah, way to fuck it up for everybody. Mm. Uh, there was no immediate word on a replacement, but it will not be a brother. Uh, no, Adam it will not be. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> we have eliminated every brother that have a, has applied for this job. Yeah, we are crumbling your resume right now. Yeah, they just <laughs> reading resumes like Lamont, no, Tyrone, no, Latarian, hell no. Mm -mm. Um, Evan said his wife Carrie at. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Evan said Thursday that firm. I'm sorry. Did I read that? <laughs> Oh, Adam said Evans, who raised five hundred, who raised to a five hundred fifty thousand annual salary. Oh my God, you fucked up your paper, dog. Oh shit! In two years, you'd be a millionaire working that job. Five hundred fifty thousand. Okay, obviously with taxes taken out, but whatever. He he was making five hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I mean, even Joe Johnson was like, damn. Say that again, and he getting paid right now. Uh, took effect at the same time as his arrest, uh, which will be paid three months' salary as severance. Evans also received a hundred thousand dollars he has earned as a longevity bonus. Um, Adams shows Evans. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Evans will receive a hundred thousand. So I guess he quit before they fired him. Um, he resigned. I, I mean, mean uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I'm sure it came from pressure. Um. And you're about to find out why in a second. Possible candidates to replace him are some niggas I've never heard of. At this press conference Thursday, he said he failed miserably as a leader and a representative of Georgia. At the time, Evans said he hoped to save his job. <laughs> he was hopeful he to the end. Saving nothing. Details from the Georgia State Patrol's incident report from the arrest added even more embarrassment. I saw a picture of the girl, too. She is not that hot. 
Wow. So. And my, my thing is to at least be slick. And like I said, I mean that. If y'all ever see the black guy who tips on eat on um CNN, you, you won't be seeing K behind him. Yeah, I won't be. I'll be sitting at the house. According to the report, Evans uh, attempted to influence the arresting officer. Identified in the report as MK by telling the officer he was the Georgia Georgia's athletic director. According to the report, Evans said, I'm not trying to bribe you, but is there anything you can do without arresting me? Um, Kay said that Evans asked to be taken to a motel instead of a jail and to be let or to be let off with a warning. The officer noted that Evans was found with a red pair of ladies ladies panties between his legs. Oh what was they do? Yeah, he was like either fingering her or getting some head. They was doing some, some freaky shit yeah, in there. Yeah, and then he talking about uh, just my friend. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, some people friends have... don't exchange draws. <laughs> well, some friends exchange Christmas presents and some friends exchange oral sex. That is just the way friendship goes sometimes. Uh, I ain't got no friends like that, Dan. <laughs> Evans was the public face of the school's athletic department in many venues, including at home football games. Before each game, his tape video message was played as he urged fans not to drink and drive. Oh, <laughs> serious. I, I actually have a clip from this. Let's play it. Ready? Yes. On of our coaches, staff, and student-athletes, we welcome you to beautiful Sanford Stadium. We appreciate your support of the dogs, and we invite you back for yet another exciting Saturday between the hedges. We ask that when leaving the game today, that you be responsible. Don't drink and drive, and don't let your friends drink and drive. Because if you drink and drive, you lose. So choose a designated driver before each game, and have a safe trip home. Go dogs. Yeah, we all agree on that. Um, what you will notice in that video is that nigga don't got no facial hair. And I never trust a brother with no facial hair. That's that's just one of my rules. <laughs> you at least got to look like you got some grown man hair on your face. Yeah, I know that, I know that trick, brother. You, you might be fooling them white people, but I would have immediately known you was going to do some Tiki Barber type shit in this uh. situation. Anyway, man, so... That dude, he fucked up. Um, yes, he did. And, you know, I love hypocrisy, man. And it's always the people who, um, you know, put their reputations on the line to say stuff like that that, you know, end up fucking up. That's a lot of money. Baby, I love you, but that's a lot of money you be losing for the household. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Woo. Woo. We would really have to sit down and have a Woo. talk about that one. Five fifty. Oh, lost that money. But, um, all right. So, that was... I thought that was hilarious. Um, so Nichelle, my friend, um, uh-huh. she, uh, our friend actually, uh, she What's posted. Up, she posted a link on her Facebook page, and I wanted to read that. Okay. It's called "Black Churches Blamed for the High Numbers of Single Black Women in the U.S." Okay. A shocking article penned by blogger, dating expert, and advice columnist Deborah Cooper sparked a series of heated, heated debates on websites and social media sites yesterday. In The Black Church, How the Black Church Keeps African-American Women Single and Lonely. That's a long-ass title. Wow. Uh, Cooper charges traditional African-American churches with, the responsi- with responsibility for the high numbers of single black women in the United States. The author focuses on a critical eye on the conservative, outdated policies and behaviors mandated for women by the black spiritual leaders that limit options for black women and keep them focused on serving the church instead of serving themselves. Citing statistics from a survey published in 2009 by the Pew Research Center U.S. Religious Landscape Survey, Deborah blasted the black church for placing its black female congregation on their knees, praying for love, and equally yoked 
uh, an equally yoked marriage with a God-fearing man. However, the reality is that most single, upstanding black men are not interested in attending church ever. Black women are wasting their lives sitting in church patiently waiting for their pastor's mandate that they will wait for love to come. It is my stance that the pastors have a vested interest in keeping thousands of women single and in service to their churches. Wow. Mm. That's a hell of an accusation. The Pew data which summarizes the black experience with the religion with religion in a religious portrait of African Americans reports that African Americans are almost the most likely to report a formal religious affiliation with fully 87% of African Americans describing themselves as belonging to one religious group or another. The study concluded that no group of men or women from any racial or ethnic background exhibits uh, comparably high levels of religious observance. So, apparently black people go to church more than everybody else. I mean, come on. I, I think everybody thinks that. The results of this survey are disturbing to me, said Cooper. Look at the numbers. More than half, 53% of black Americans attend church services at least once per week. However, when the numbers are broken down by gender, we find that 84% of black women feel religion is very important to them. About 60% attend church services at least once a week. Black men, however, are almost twice as likely as black women to be unaffiliated with any particular religion. Well, what does that all mean? It means that black men are not going to be sitting up in church on Sunday or any other day. Black churches are full of lonely black women praying and waiting on the Lord to send along a husband instead of getting outside of the church. Uh, placing themselves in environments where eligible bachelors are. Cooper declared that there are basically four types of single men that can be found in church and deemed them all undesirable. <laughs> there's, there's the loser guy, down on his luck, in recovery of some sort, working on a 12-step program. Uh, where we have guys that are confused about their sexuality, seeking guidance and forgiveness. Another large se se segment are the single male population in churches are nothing but opportunistic players on the prowl, playing games with lonely, intimacy-starved females there. And you also find quite a few elderly ex-players that realize they should have slowed down and found a wife so they won't die alone. Deborah <laughs> <laughs> uh, suggests black women reduce their dependence on churches and black men as a sole source of fulfillment in the romantic needs. That She openly advocates the church be reduced to a minimal component of a single woman's social life. Instead of sitting in church all the time, go out, get where the men are, broaden your horizons, interact with great single guys or other, of other cultures, other races, other religions. So what do you think about that? Because you go to church way more than me. I mean, I, I think she got a point. Because um, definitely 100% uh, when it comes to men being involved in church compared to women as far as black men, women definitely put in way more time and way more attendance than men. Yes, they do. So what do you think about what she said? I kind of got mixed reviews about it to an extent. I understand, I feel, and I understand what she's saying, but when it comes to church... You cannot let church rule you. And I think that that's more of what she's saying. She's saying a lot of these women go to church and they allow themselves to get consumed with church and don't have a life outside of church. And just like church, 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 church all the time. And if that's the case, yeah, you will be alone because no man wants to be with a woman that's always gone. No man wants to be with a woman that's always in church, always talking about her past and all this stuff. You know, every now and then he wants to be with you and be along with you. And I think that... um when it comes to this too, mm, like I said, I, I'm kind of mixed about it. I understand what she's saying. She has very good points. Some of the stuff she said was funny, especially about the dudes. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it is a higher percentage of women than men. Um, I have my thoughts of why on that. Um, but I think that some of the facts she said are true. 
um, that uh, women period um, in general, if you're not careful, you will. I think some people treat pastors like they're um, parents, and pastors aren't your parents. They're mm-hmm. your spiritual leaders, or they're supposed to be your spiritual leaders if they're doing it right. And you're supposed to be intelligent enough to make your own decision when it comes to these things and decide for yourself. And so many people go in and they just so brainwashed and they'll just say, whatever you say, do, that's what I do. Instead of making decisions of your own. And that's when you end up with people in these situations. Yeah, and I think also the more the more you attend church, the more likely you are to be one of those people. You know what I'm saying? So people that are going to everything when the church is open, everything they do. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are probably one of those people that does everything the pastor says or tries to, and that kind of lets down those people rule your life. It's like those people that read self-help books and decide that this self-help book can answer every question in my life, or this, uh, you know, this um, TV show, or this, you know, where it's just like the answer to everything is in this, and that's kind of how people get about church sometimes, and. For the black church, I think it appears to be more damaging because of the dire situation that the black people are in when it comes to, you know, 60% of children born are born out of wedlock and in single-parent homes and things like that. Um, You have so many fatherless uh, children Mm -hmm. where people just don't, you know, dudes just don't put in the time. They don't care. Um, So you end up with these situations where people are going to the church almost to raise their kid, raise themselves. And... um, you know, definitely they lean on women to do a lot of the work. They yeah. definitely do. I'm sorry. That yeah, they do. The bake sales, the you know, every yeah. time, you know, we gotta clean this up, we gotta sell this. You're not getting paid for that shit. You just going down there volunteering your time because it's the quote unquote right thing to do. And they never are gonna say, like I told you a long time ago, there's never gonna be a time where they come to you and say, Maybe you should spend more time with your family. You know, we noticed that you've been here you know, X amount of times. Yeah. Your husband, your children cannot be happy with this. They never say that because they could give a fuck about that. That's not what they're there for. They're gonna milk you for as much as you were willing to give them. And um, that's why you have to. I've, I've realized this over the time. Everything in life, period, has to be done in my duration. Be it your work. Be it um, your church life. Right. Everything has to be in moderation. And my thing is that you have to got to get to the point where you can't, um, your priorities got to be there. Your family needs to be the one of the top priorities in your life. If, because at the end of the day, when people leave you or people, you know, outcast you or people say you're no longer real or legit or whatever it is when it comes to ministries and things like that, you ain't going, you're not going to be looking at nobody but your family. And they will turn on you because, you know, the second you actually do get a backbone and start going, I'm not going to be at yeah. all these events. Then it's like, well, you ain't real. You don't really put in the time. Other people want it more than you. Like, it's a fucking competition. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, and it has, nothing, it has nothing to do with that. It ought to be something you want to do. It shouldn't be something that you have to be forced to do. Yeah, and, um, you know, the main thing I got from here is when, one of the things that I think is so childish, but so many people really believe this, and they just buy into this group thing, but... um. When people say, I don't need, uh, or I need somebody to be yoked in my religion with me, or like the Bible says, you have to be of one mind, blah, 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 when it comes to a husband or a wife, I think that's overrated. I don't think it's true. I think it's, it's because we like to think of love like children think of love. That everything people and couples do, they have to be of one mind, they have to believe everything to 100% in agreement all the time like there's this illusion 
that people are living their life. Like, you might have one person that is really about doing a great job at work. Mm-hmm. The other person might be like, look, I just go to work, get paid, come home. Now, they don't have the same philosophy on how they do their jobs. No. But that doesn't mean that they can't be married. Like, that's... but it's, That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I think when people think of religion, they don't tend to think of religion as anything else. It's like, no, this is way more important. But it's really not. You know, it's almost impossible to find somebody who is 100% religiously synced up with you. It's almost impossible. True. You know, like, who decides how much money you give to the church? Who decides how much time you're going to spend in church? And especially when you're measuring it by church. Like, you're measuring it by how much time you spend for these other people. Anyway. So, I, I, I just think it's kind of weird when people think like that. Because it's like, if it's that important to you, then it will become that important to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you make it that important. It's as important as you make it. And just in our community, we make church very, very important. Yeah, we and we make religion important. And meanwhile, you look at a lot of happy marriages, a lot of happy couples. And you see people that just basically said, okay, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You see a lot of people that at the core of their being, they said, when I think about it, this shit don't really matter that much. Because you ain't really seeing, uh, like, there's a ton of married women in church by themselves. It it happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that when they go home, they get beat by Ike Turner. It just means that, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It just... It just means that dude don't want to be there. Just like, you know, I go to wing night every Thursday. I don't drag you along. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that. Well, I mean, you done been in church today. I got to beat you. Yeah, it's, it's, I just think it's like kids. Um, It's a kid's mentality. It's a childish mentality. It's like you do everything together. You are married. If It's the same oh, no, way that people are like. I break from each other. I've been doing nuts. Yeah, and the same way that people are like. Um, I went to uh, the movies by myself, and then people were like, "What? You didn't bring your wife?" Like, no, no, no. I just, you know, I just need to get out of the house. Oh, they're gonna get divorced. Like, it's just a complete, ah! it's a childish mindset. You wow. know? Wow. But I mean, that is how we think of stuff. I believe is people, and a lot of people do. You know, because like I said, a lot of people they really think that. I'm um, like Roger goes play ball. He has wee nights. He goes to a lot of events without me. I'm happy and content with that. I like me time. I like right. sitting around watching my girly stuff and not having to share the remote, which I don't mind. But you right. know, I have you know, I'm sitting here by myself. And I think a lot of women have issues with sitting down and being quote unquote alone, even though they're married. And just because you by yourself don't mean you're alone. My husband's coming back home. Ain't like he gonna leave me forever. You know, it's like yeah. that mindset is so childish that they don't understand that. Um, like I said, when you're married, you can't be around each other 24-7. You'll be at each other's throats. It's a childish mentality. And plus, at the core of it all, people, I, in my opinion, most people are going to church to socialize, to get out of the house, to dress up nice. More so than religion at this point. Like A lot of people do. It's I a social event. It, because it's one of the few things in your life that's very planned out. There, there will be a fish fry after this. There will be such and yeah. such. You know, like you go to church sometimes and you'll be there from like... 9 o'clock in the morning and come home at 6, 7 o'clock at night. That's not going to church to go to church. Like No, because sometimes I be talking and doing Yeah, you're talking yeah. to your friends. You're, yeah, you I know, do. it's like, I don't go to wing night for the fucking wings. The wings could be $30. <laughs> I go to wing night to have a time to relax and unwind with my boys. That's you right. know what I'm saying? And 
I recognize church as that for most people. Religion to me is kind of separate from church. It's kind of like and it is. You know what what you spiritually believe and your philosophy on life is not really going to be defined by what they talk about in those four walls on Sunday. So it's kind of it's kind of odd it's to a me. Lifestyles and a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, and it's kind of odd to me too that people would think that. You have to be in agreement on everything. When there's like Catholic people married to Jewish people, there's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you can be Muslim married to a Christian. It doesn't really mean that y'all have to be debating out these philosophical debates over, you know, th- these thousand year old debates every <laughs> night. You know, like people just harp on where they disagree. Well, baby, let's talk about Moses tonight. We don't yeah. already cover Paul and Peter. Yeah. yeah, like no one's doing that shit. Like you just want to, like you're more worried about did you wash the clothes than you know? I know it's so. Yeah, then <laughs> did do you, you wash, believe? Did you put the dish in the dishwasher? Yeah, did you wash? Yeah, you don't come on. Did you wash the dishes? Also, do you believe Jesus died for your sins, sinner, heathen, going to hell? <laughs> I know. You know, it's just so people are so judgmental uh, with their religions. <laughs> It's like a big old game of gotcha. Like, you going to hell and I'm not. Ha, ha, ha. Gotcha. The other person believes some different shit. And it's like, I'm not going to hell. You the one. And it's just so childish and so stupid. And um, I do believe that people who are committed to church. more than This is more than religion. Than yeah, religion. I understand that. People who are committed to church. They do tend to suffer. Because the church is like a vacuum. It's not going to give anything back to you. You know not what I'm saying? Not church itself, no. No, it's not going to give anything back to you. So you have, and it's never gonna say this is enough. So if it makes it breaks up your marriage, if it keeps you single forever, uh, if it keeps you looking for this impossible man or whatever, that's on you. Yeah, because there has got to be a point where you make a logical decision that hey, I'm grown, I can make my own decisions, I can think outside of the box myself. But when it comes to I guess church and when for some people religion they're just lazy like people don't want to do whatever research they need to do to find out the, the truth whatever the truth is for yourself and you might not be in a situation to do all the shit they say and that's and that's true too that's, now and that's one of the things I think a lot of men yeah. realize at an early age and men back out they're just like I ain't doing this shit you know you start telling them like alright now don't fuck till you get married they're like okay I see you at the <laughs> club reverend um, <laughs> but um, I think when it you know when it's doing stuff like hurting our house like you know, with I remember there was a time when you were doing so much for this one particular church. Yeah, it was hurting our household financially. Yes, it, was. it was hurting our household emotionally. It was hurting our marriage, and I mean, it was just it was a very serious time for us because it was just like these people would never ever pat you on the back and say good job. That's enough. That's true. They would literally, they would literally were going to uh, take you out of house and home if they could. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And the, and the thing is though, once you start standing up to them. You realize, like, hey, these people ain't my friend. Like, they're, they're trying to ostracize me. They're trying to use a bunch of these tactics. And, you know, uh, I remember we watched uh, that thing on the Colts uh, on the yeah, Jones, that was, Jonestown. That was nuts. Yeah. But when you start looking at some of the tactics they were using, is it really that nuts? Or is it just nuts because we don't believe in that shit, so we can call them crazy? But that's but, how a lot of cults get started, based off of religion, too. Yeah, I mean, well, his was based off religion. Yeah. But, um... When he was saying like making people fast was like one of his first steps, because okay. it's just a mess. It's a measure of control. There's somebody out there right now that's probably fasting because they think of it as, "Oh, my preacher wanted me to fast." Your preacher don't want you to eat, and you're gonna do it. Why? You know what I'm saying? Well, it's not. You're not supposed to question why. You're just supposed to, you know, God gonna feed you. Blah blah blah. But he even said, "This is a control technique. If I can make you stop eating, I can eventually make you stop seeing your family." 
That's how he was looking at it. You know what I'm saying? If I can yeah, make you then, stop then questioning me, issues, yeah. I can make you drink this Kool-Aid and not ask what the fuck is in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was his whole goal. And what, the thing is, we laugh when we see Mormons' religion. But then you look at your own religion and you see some of this shit. You don't chuckle it off. Then it becomes you can't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? People see their own religion try this shit and it's like... <gasps> Yeah. Don't talk about my, yeah. church, and, my church And there are a lot of churches out there And truth be told there are flat cults And you just have yeah. to You gotta recognize what it is I think, And I think a lot of people don't And a lot of people just flat brainwash And they don't even know they are And that's gonna be the sad part Yeah and it. I think You know It's kinda weird But it's like when you see through the people And you kinda realize Like okay a lot of this is bullshit it frees people up to just be like, I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna, cause I wanna see my my friends. I wanna talk. I wanna socialize. I wanna hang out. But at the same time, it gives you that freedom to be able to say no. That's right. You know what I'm saying? When it's like, all right, well, you came to church on Sunday. Can you come back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Mm, Hell no. no. I got you know work. I got the rest. I got a life. That's the balance that you need to have. Like the the key here isn't the church is destroying these people. These people are responsible for their own flaws. If you, yeah, their own actions. If you let someone do anything to you, no matter what their purpose is, if it's a church, if it's a job, if it's a man, if it's a woman, if you just let someone take from you, because people are takers a lot of yes, times. Yes, they are. They take. You, you can't give no more. Yeah, it's on you. So, anyway, um, let's see what uh, what we're looking like on time here. All right, we do a couple news stories. We're gonna get out of here. All right. Cool. Louisville police say man busted by cell phone. Louisville, Kentucky, police say a Jefferson, Indiana man who allegedly tried to sell a stolen trailer was given away by a cell phone. A 25-year-old Gerald T. Ray of the 700 block of Higgins Drive in Jeffersonville. Dad, they love to get addresses, don't they? <laughs> he likes to park around back. He drives an 87 Granada. Uh, is uh, charged with the receipt of stolen property after police say he listed a stolen trailer for sale on Craigslist.com. He allegedly listed his personal cell phone as a contact for the number on the listing. When the officer found Ray on a 7300 block of St. Genevieve Court Thursday afternoon, he refused to answer questions about where he or the trailer came from, but the victim was able to identify his trailer by certain markings, despite the fact that Ray allegedly spray-painted it. Damn. He did a terrible painting job. He ain't send it right, did he? He just went and spray painted the shit. I know. He didn't even trying to cover it. When the officer had the alleged victim call the cell phone number on Craigslist listing, Ray's personal cell phone started to ring. Soon after Ray was arrested, so he, <laughs> he So was they called there. him on the spot. Yeah, he was sitting there like, it wasn't me. Why y'all always come over here harassing a nigga? Hold on. Hello? Oh, hey police. <laughs> Put them handcuffs on me right now. Yeah, so he got busted because. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what his ringtone was. <laughs> a man has been uh, charged with attempted arson and terrorism after he allegedly tried to burn down a place, a place, a dispute with. Look, this is terribly written. Tried to burn down a place, a dispute with fellow church goers. The Citrus Heights Police Department arrested 44-year-old Jose Luis Ordunno uh, Sunday evening after discovering a flammable liquid had been... <laughs> oh, I see why. I just didn't cut off some words. Oh, well. Anyway, this nigga tried to burn some shit down because he was drunk and depressed and mad. Got some gasoline from his truck and put the gasoline around Kingdom Hall. So, uh, basically, he got so mad at his church, he tried to burn that motherfucker down. 
Wow. Yep. So, you know, that's the black church, man. Just do that to you. Actually, I don't know what the hell that article is talking about. I've missed too many words. Sorry, y'all. Japanese couples say I do in divorce ceremonies. Divorce ceremonies. Hmm. With divorce on the rise in Japan, some couples are choosing to celebrate the end of unhappy marriage by saying I do for a final time a divorce ceremony before friends and family. So, um, you know, I guess people get married in front of people that have ceremonies, so now they're getting divorce ceremonies. And I'm not surprised that their marriages don't last. I mean, I've seen the porn. I mean, how many tentacles can a woman take before she has to say, listen, this is too much rape for me. I'm sorry, Big Ben. I don't know what Al Gore been telling you, but this is not how I get down. Uh, the best ceremonies were pioneered about a year ago by former salesman Hiroki Terai. Let me, let me tell you who, who uh, I did was this. Who? The same people who got you married going to make some money now when you get divorced. That yeah. was very smart. The courthouse. Not the courthouse. Oh, the oh, decorator oh. people. <laughs> They're going to have a cake. You're going to have a whole other damn ceremony. <laughs> Them people so, smart. That's like, hey, you're going to pay us when you get married? And you're going to pay us when you get divorced. So you think after they uh, do the the wedding ceremony, they're like, here's my card. Now, don't forgive me when you get divorced. We Say do. that again. That, that, and honey, that hit America. Them folks going to make a killing. We do divorce parties too now. That's exactly what they're going to tell you. Divorce ceremonies were pioneered about a year ago by a former salesman, Hiroki Terai, who set up divorce mansion in a small undercover space in Tokyo. Since then, about 25 couples have each paid 55,000 yen, which is $660. Or $606 to hold the ceremony with all the pomp and grandeur of a wedding that publicly ends their relationship before they officially file for divorce. I told you, you're going to spend $40,000 to get married and $40,000 to get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Tarah said that he had received more than 900 inquiries. That's, wow. that's got to be a pretty amicable divorce for y'all to decide to have a party together. Like you, Or either that or it was horrible. Y'all, you must be like, nigga, I'm going to dance all over you when we say goodbye. Me too, bitch. Party time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's click glasses. The latest couple who called themselves Mr. and Mrs. Fuji met uh, near Sensuji Temple in Tokyo traditional Asakura or Asakusa area on, I think he, I think he fought Naruto in season three. I think he did too. <laughs> on Sunday and rode in separate rickshaws to the divorce mansion. By pulling an end to their marriage, we wanted to give ourselves a fresh start and give our lives a sense of renewal, Mr. F- said Mr. Fuji. He said he felt responsible for the failure of his marriage as he spent way too much time away from home, too much money on his various interests, including cars, despite numerous warnings from his wife. Friends and family of the Fuji couple followed closely behind the rickshaws on foot, arriving at Divorce Mansion for a ceremony where they, got, where they smashed their wedding ring with a gavel. A gesture signifying the end of their partnership. Damn. The gavel has a frog's head as frog symbolize change in Japanese culture. When we smashed the rings together, I felt like, oh, this is the end of it, really. And my heart and soul felt renewed. I wonder if she was here when he was saying that. I don't know. When we smashed the rings, I said, finally, this bitch is gone. <laughs> I know. Pass the alcohol. I'm about to spend some money on cars. <laughs> finally, I don't have to cook no more McDonald's here. I cook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the wife of eight years also expressed her relief. The moment I s- saw the smash ring, I said to myself, Yes, that feels so good. No more tentacle porn. 
Tara, <laughs> Tara who is believed to be Japan, Japan's first divorce ceremony planner, came up with the idea of divorce ceremonies to help couples celebrate their decision to separate after one of its friends was going through a bitter divorce. Divorce is on the rise in Japan, where it was once taboo, about 251,000 divorcees taking place in 2008 uh, partly blamed the poor economy taking its toll on romance. So suddenly the nigga couldn't take you out to eat no more, and it's like, this ain't romantic. This is not at all how Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston was doing it in the movies. Wow. Man busted. Oh. But said that's the case. Wouldn't nobody be together no more. I mean, because, damn it, you can't go out and eat all the time every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, man busted looking at porn in McDonald's play area. Wonder if he was going out to eat all the time. Would he have his iPhone like in Futurama? Man tells police he used bad judgment. Madison, Wisconsin, a 38-year-old man was arrested Sunday for allegedly looking at pornographic images and fondling himself at a West Side McDonald's. West Side! Wow. West Side for life. Madison police said Michael Bumgardner <laughs> was arrested on suspicion of lewd and lascivious behavior and disorderly conduct about 12.45 p.m. on Sunday. Dang, he did it on Sunday. See, this is what happened when the kids. you don't go to church. Got jack off in McDonald's. This this is what happens. Police said, uh, or maybe he went to the morning service. Police said he was using his laptop. Eight, eight o'clock service. Yeah, he's like, if I go to eight o'clock service, I should be able to get there to play to uh, jack off in time. Police said he was using his laptop to look at pornographic images in the McDonald's play area on O'Donnell Road, where 15 to 20 children were playing. According to police, one of the other parents became suspicious when it appeared that the man on the computer had no children in the playing area. <laughs> Oh, so he was in the, the in the little play area with the kids. Yeah. Oh. You know he was just you know his chief ass is there for the free Wi-Fi, and he ended up because they got free Wi-Fi oh, at all McDonald's, don't they? Yeah. yeah. He told police that he saw the man looking at pornographic images, typing with one hand while following himself with the other. <laughs> According he to the trying to be sleek with it. It also stated there was finding officer witnessed the same behavior. Police said the suspect who told he has no children admitted to exercising bad judgment. And exercising his Johnson. I told you that's like the iPhone on Futurama, man. We just watched that episode. Yeah, man, that made me, that reminds me too, man. I really hate this iPhone envy that people are just going through right now. Look, man, if you happy with your phone, shut the fuck up about the iPhone. I don't spend no time talking about your punk ass phones. Alright? My iPhone can do everything except make a call and I'm happy with it. Alright? <laughs> that's like walking up to a dude that's with his woman and being like, hey man, you know she's fat. Uh, okay, he knows that. Obviously he's happy. Leave that dude the fuck alone. Jesus. Oh, uh, anyway. Um, so, um, we saw a commercial. Oh, I saw a commercial today. You saw it with me, right? Mm-hmm. On NBA TV for Slim Tees. It's a t-shirt that men wear oh, yes. that looks like a, a woman's girdle. Yes, it does. And it had like the crisscross in the back and it was all form fit in. And I was like, why? And the dude was like, I lost two pair sizes. I thought, what the hell? What the hell? You sound like a damn woman. That's you what you sound like. <laughs> And they said the back has a crisscross design, like a bra. Yeah. That is the gayest thing of all time. And on top of that, you know what? Women have always been subconsciously um, thoughtful of their appearance and their image and all that stuff. Because just society and just men in period make you think if, if you ain't 36, 24, 36, you ain't nothing, no way. Right. And so, 
you know, it's bad when men get to that point, you know, where, you know, you tired of your beer belly and your beer cut. Just exercise and lose weight. Yeah, that's crazy, though. The crisscross uh, design. Yes, that was terrible. The only thing that needed to come with that was some tampons. Um, Man tampons. <laughs> Man pons. Yeah, and then some of them do need that because they have to stink and they're moody. Yeah, um, let's not forget about Canada. Police have arrested a man in connection with the attack of a 92-year-old woman in a West End home last week. The 36-year-old suspect was arrested on early Sunday morning after police found him sleeping on a patio near 117th Street. Uh, police, police spokeswoman Patricia Thinu said in a release he allegedly resisted police sustaining non-life-threatening injuries. So they beat his ass. On Thursday, the woman was assaulted when she answered the door at her home. The man forced his way inside, took numerous valuables. He then fled on the back of a recumbent tricycle, which allows the user to ride in a reclining position. Tricycle? The nigga stole a big wheel and tried to <laughs> and tried to ride away. I did that and, when I was seven. Come and on, then dog. fell asleep. Yeah, he's not like a seven-year-old running away from the house. I'm gonna leave forever. And five minutes later, they're up the block falling asleep in somebody's yard. I, I did that one time. I got mad at my mama. I said, "I'm leaving here." She said, "Okay, I'll be right here. Yeah, it's got to come back sooner or later." The attacker was described as a muscular Caucasian over six feet in height and weighing about 200 pounds. He had brown hair and a braided ponytail and was wearing a black track pants, t-shirt, and shoes. Several charges are pending. The man's name has not been released. Um, he didn't have his pacifier at the time we found him. Amari Stoudemire is going to the Knicks. I know. I heard. I don't need to read all that, but, you know, I think it's a perfect fit, man. They run and gun, don't play defense, and what does he do? All right. Same thing. Alright, and um, we saw that last Airbender. What'd you yes. think about it? I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very, very much. Uh, like we said, the only thing about it is that um, I forgot that one of the characters, the uh, uh, the one that did a lot of the jokes, they cut a lot of his comedy out. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I really thought it was good. I thought so it was Soka? Is that his yeah, name? Yes, so it's her, it's her, it's the brother of the girl, um, and he's like the comic relief in the, in the Avatar, the last Amber in their cartoon series. Mm -hmm. Um, but all his comedy is kind of taken out. He's given a very serious role and a love interest. It's only the first chapter, Water. Yeah. So obviously there's going to be at least two more movies. Yeah. Um, also, um, I found that it was a little bit, uh, they they did mess up a few details. I will give them that. Okay. Like they didn't pronounce Ang. They didn't say Ang as it, as the main character's name. Yeah. They said Ang, and I thought that was weird. Oh yeah, they did pronounce it. Yeah, because like everybody who's been watching it knows that it's Ang. So why get to the theater and pronounce it Ang? Even if that's the correct pronunciation, why change that? And that's true too. Um, the special effects for the airbending and firebending and earthbending were dope. Yeah, they were really, really good. Yeah, and um, the thing is, it's only the first in the series, so I and think they held. Better. I think they held back some of the special effects because some of the more badass characters don't come in till later on in the storyline, and then on top of that, uh, because the if you watch it as a whole piece, it was very detailed and very um. Uh, it was a lot of stuff that just couldn't cover in such a... And then with an hour and some change. Yeah, like an hour 43 minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, each story, you know, water and, you know, it may have been like 20, 30 episodes. 
you know, per per little piece. So, you know, there's no way you could squeeze it all in there. I, I think it tried its best to stick as close to the storyline as it could, but it's Hollywood. So, of course, they have to change some stuff, you know, speed the storyline up and twist it. But I think um, uh, this is a spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it yet. I think at the end, his, uh, they introduced his sister. And for those Prince, Prince Zuko, yes, sister. Prince Zuko's sister yeah. of the Fire Nation, and uh, when she gets on the scene, it, it the story speeds up. You got a lot of more action. Yeah, that's the thing. There are several badass characters they can't introduce yet. That's because, true. Uh, and I think some people really expected them to, to condense a three to four season long uh, no cartoon way. into an hour and forty three minutes, and that's impossible. So I thought they did a great job. If you know the source material, if you're a fan of the, of the uh, cartoon, because yeah, if you're not, you go okay, this is some BS, and you won't like it at all. Yeah, but I enjoyed it a lot. I and, did too. Um, you know, I you know I, I thought it was a weird choice to make the Fire Nation all Indian people. I know. I don't know, know if that's because M Night Shyamalan is Indian, and he was just like, I identify with <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, and then they had to do from the Daily Show, and I wanted to laugh every time I seen this. Face. Yeah, he was playing a, vill- a villain. Yeah, he played his part to the end. He died though, but he played his part to the end. Every time I seen him, I was like, oh, I just want to laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, but um, I enjoyed the movie very much. Um, but if you're not a fan already. Don't, don't worry go. about seeing it. No, okay? you would be highly disappointed. We don't go seeing you. this as an intro. You are much better served to watch the excellent anime or animated series. Um, of, you're um, much better served to watch it. Just the rented DVDs. Yeah. All right. Last article: Horses stampede at a parade uh, kills one, hurts twenty plus. Oh. An Independence Day parade in Iowa descended into chaos. Chaos, I tell you. When two horses ah. went out of control. Took their wagon with them, running into crowds of celebrants and leaving more than 20 people injured, including, according to authorities. A woman injured in the incident died Sunday evening. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah, that's why you got to stop horsing around. For it ha- real? It happened at the... <laughs> See, that's what happened when you be horse playing. Quit that. Quit that crap. People die. Think that shit funny? That ain't funny. It happened at the Bellevue Heritage Day celebration in Paradise in Bellevue, Iowa, as on the state's eastern border with Illinois. The fire chief Chris Rowland told CNN the emergency officials responded to a call that came in just before noon. <laughs> I need to hear this call about a mass casualty uh, incident. It's like there's horses. They're They're stampeding. Get your horse off of me. What's your emergency, ma'am? There's horses everywhere. Horses, I say horses. uh, Rowling said the two horses pulled a wagon, went out of control uh, along the parade route. They ran into the they ran with the wagon about six blocks, hitting numerous children and adults. A total. This is like the running of the horses. You know how they had the running <laughs> of the bulls. <laughs> a total of twenty-four people were taken to hospitals in the area. The injuries ranging from abrasions to fractures to collapsed lungs. Ooh. Five people were in critical condition. Five were in severe condition. While fourteen had injuries considered mild, minor. No niggas was injured in this stampede of the horses. I guarantee you that. Because you just, know we just, wasn't just, out there. Just like we don't do the the the, 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 the dance with the bulls either. We don't want to do that either. Yeah, I guarantee you what. No brothers out there. Um, no. I don't care how much you want to get on these white women. Ain't nobody braving a horse. Mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> horses, horses are huge too. Mm-mm. And plus horses be reminding you of uh, like slavery and shit. Like. That might, that's like one one more that's like one rope away from a lynching they I already know. got the horse um, <laughs> uh, Rowling added that the injured range was from 2 to 62 with more than half being under the age of 12 so this shit was stomping children out 
Brent Rowling, Brent Rowling with the Bellevue Police Department said a 60 year old woman died hours after the incident at a hospital in Iowa City. Fire Chief Rowling said that the horses hitched to the wagon dislodged the bridle of the other horse, compromising the driver's ability to control them both. Iowa Governor, so only two horses did this? Damn. Who them some gangster horses, ain't they? Hey, yeah, must have been Black Beauty. Getting, <laughs> getting revenge from all them beatings. Yeah, independence, my ass. We ain't free. I know I'm tired of this damn hate. The governor, Chet Culver. Man, not a lot going on at Iowa. The governor commenting on this. Issued a statement on the incident reporting his thoughts and prayers will be with the injured and the town. I'm especially saddened because the incident occurred during events celebrating Independence Day, which is a day that should be filled with pride and joy for all Iowans and Americans. But these horses decided they wanted to be independent and started stomping niggas out. Yes. They added that he thanked the spectators who aided the injured and emergency responders at the team scene. Wow, that sucked. They probably didn't even get the fireworks then, didn't they? That was the fireworks show. Yeah, maybe the fireworks uh <laughs> caused the horses to get get crunk with it, man. They have. But yeah, man, so anyway. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh this episode of the Blackout Tips. Um we'll be back in a couple of days with our friend Will. Yeah. Where everybody seems to love. Um, so until then, you know, uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Riders Prime. I'm Say That Again. That is in D-A-T. And don't forget to go to the blog, theblackouttips.blogspot.com. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. Just search The Blackout Tips. Leave us comments on iTunes. Um, just search The Blackout Tips. And go to Podomatic, and you can leave comments on episodes. And you can also write the show or contact us, theblackouttips at gmail.com. All right, guys. Until next time. Peace out. I love you. I love you too.
in $50 half a men Daydreaming, fuck around, get wet like semen Your whole team Be more going to free I took the cream Move to new places, new faces Fuck the screw faces When I flip, I make the paper Dangerous, we good fellas Niggas can't bang with us Try to do me My crew be unruly The old school cats that call cats toolies Call blacks moolies Think it's cool to smoke moolies And fuck without rubbers Specialize in killing wives and grandmothers Who you trust and shit When friends start busting, friends start up Killing you gently God made me to push a Bentley Me and Sean Cole's taking bras home On the phone with the chip With these crystal chicks About to make our own porno flicks My life's the shit Yeah.